This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. I am just so thrilled to have Shauna Schulte today. Shauna's the wife of Travis Schulte, head basketball coach in Canyon, Texas. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. So I want to hear the background, okay? High school basketball co- coach's wife in the big state of Texas, a lot of tradition around there. I know there's a lot of hats that you wear as being a head basketball coach's wife, but did you see yourself in this role growing up? Did you know, hey, I'm going to be a coach's wife. I'm going to be a, a leader of my area. What Did that cross your mind growing up? No, no, it didn't. In fact, I remember growing up, I was, I came from a farming and uh, my dad was in cattle business. And so I remember mom, my mom always saying, don't marry a farmer and don't marry a coach. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I didn't listen very well, which is, you know, normal probably for that age. And, uh, but no, no, I didn't. I mean, I, I played basketball, I ran, you know, did all the sports in a small little farming community. But uh, no, never dreamed. I love the game. And I, I mean, I love every game. I love basketball and football and, you know, baseball's a little slow for me, but um, my daughter plays golf. So now I'm loving golf. And, uh, but no, never, never in a million years did I dream that I would marry a coach. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Dimmit, Texas, which is just kind of right in between Amarillo and Lubbock on the top Texas panhandle. Not a big town, but, you know, small. Yeah. Close knit. And then how did you meet Travis Schulte? So we, um, I was in my first year of college. He's a little bit older than me. So he was out. I think he was his second year into coaching. He was just a a assistant coach in Hereford, Texas. And um, he grew up actually just 10 miles from my hometown. And he grew up in Nazareth, Texas. And I mean, we never even knew each other. I knew his brother, but I, I knew nothing about him. And one summer, uh, my best friend and his best friend were dating, and she said, let's go over and hang out, and we met that evening, and it didn't, it never stopped after that, so it was good. So you guys married, and then talk about your path to Canyon, Texas. Have there been a lot of stops? Have you always lived in the Lone Star State? You know, that was one of my biggest things. I think uh, marrying a coach is, you know, they're just notorious for moving around, and and um, I was close to my family. I grew up with all my cousins and my grandparents in the same town. And that's just kind of what I had envisioned, you know, uh, growing up, that I would just go probably go back to Demet and that's where we would be. But um, so we, we decided to get married um, in the summer, June of 2001. And uh, he, about five days before we got married, he said, Sean, I'm going to apply for a head coaching position. I said, okay, where at? And he said, Sunray. And I said, where is Sunray? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. And you, uh, anyways, he, we talked about it and I said, all right, let's, let's do it. And, uh, I still had one year of college to finish up. And I said, as long as I'm able to drive back and forth, you know, um, 
that that's okay. And so uh, he applied and accepted the job two days before we got married. And uh, so off we were in a small little, um, small, small, tiny town, Sunray, Texas. And that's where his head coaching career took off. We were four years there. And then uh, we had one quick stop in Tampa, Texas. Uh, and he actually wasn't even coaching basketball. He went with our really good friend, the head football coach, and just decided to be the offensive coordinator for a year. And then uh, it took us to Perryton, Texas, which is right north, the most top you can get. Hmm. And uh, we were there for 10 years. He oh, wow. took a, a head coach there. Yes. So we've been blessed. I mean, we had our oldest daughter in Sunray, um, and, and then we had our – youngest daughter there in Perryton. So really our girls had never, ever had to move. We were actually, I mean, we were content, happy. We, we just thought we'd always be in Perryton. And because we were kind of just getting to the point where the girls were getting old enough that we, we didn't want to make that move. You know, if we were going to make a move, it needed to be now, but we weren't looking for a move. And, um, this job in Kenyon just came about. And at first we were kind of like, no, you know, we're really happy where we were. And, you know, sometimes I just gives you that little nudge. And I said, all right, maybe, maybe you should just, just at least go look at it. Go, go talk to them. And uh, before we knew it, we were packing our house up and moving to Canyon. And we've been here 2015. So it's been, it was a awesome, awesome move. A bless, or just a blessing in disguise. And I think we can get it. We'll get into that here pretty quick. Absolutely. So, um, two girls, we'll talk about, uh, your family in a few minutes, but I'm going to talk a little bit about game day. Uh, what's a home game look like for you? What time do you get the gym? I mean, are you a nervous wreck the day of the game or are you pretty calm? Gosh, yes. And now I, my oldest daughter is 16, so she's playing too. So I hit her games first and then her daddy plays the late game. So I'm a double whammy of nerves. Uh, but still to this day, I'll tell you, like, I get way more nervous for his games than I do for even Shaylin's games. So, but we get early, she plays early game. Uh, she plays, you know, 430 and he doesn't play till eight. So, um, we're there good amount of time. Um, yes. And I go to, I go to every single one. So, so you go to home and away games, your mom of a player, coach's wife, and then you work, right? You're a working mom? I do, yes. I'm a dental hygienist, and I uh, work full-time doing that. Um, it's a lot easier now that my, you know, Shaylin's older. But used to, um, when the girls were little, I only worked three, three days a week. Now I work four. Um, but it, it works. I mean, I'm, I'm able to schedule those patients around my schedule and I've got a very awesome boss that says go and she she's got children too and so she just understands the importance of you don't miss their things you just never know you know so absolutely what do you think has been some of the toughest adversity you both have faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments well absolutely our faith um you know right we moved to Kenyon in 2015 that summer and, uh, I mean, we knew some people in Kenya, but, you know, we're not established. And uh, November 2015, uh, my our youngest daughter, Tatum, she was eight at the time, had just turned eight, uh, comes to us. I mean, she had been, we 
enroll her in all the basketball and both girls are playing and she shows me this lump on her leg mm. and uh, she says, mom, this doesn't hurt, but I just wanted you to see it. And I said, okay, well, you've been playing. Um, we'll watch it and then we'll, we'll figure out. So I watched it for about a week and it kind of got bigger on me and it was just on the right on the inside of her lower left leg, right above her ankle, but on the inside of her leg. And, uh, I had a friend of ours look at it and she said, let's just x-ray it. And I actually crazy enough. I know this, this is crazy because I'm a coach's wife and I always take the girls to everything that they do. Um, every doctor's appointment, just cause I'm not going to ask him to take time out of his busy schedule. And, uh, he said, Sean, I'll take her. I'm, I'll take her to the doctor. And I said, okay. So I went on to work that day and, uh, I got a phone call and he said, Sean, they, they think it's cancer. And, um, I came home and we, uh, did a bunch of scans and I sat through scans with her and sat in one of them and a bone scan. And of course that huge spot lit up on her leg. And I mean, I'm not a radiologist, but there also was an area on her spine that lit up. And I knew immediately that we were in for a, you know, a, the biggest game of our life. Wow. And so it was diagnosed as osteosarcoma. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had gone down to Houston, which, you know, you look at Texas and you, it looks big. It really is big. And, you know, Houston's 10 hours from us. And uh, that's the first people that would accept us in. And, it's the, you know, the first time we could see a doctor there, we went there and they confirmed everything. And so we decided we started chemotherapy immediately. And, of course, you know, here we are. We're in basketball season uh, and it's Christmas. And so she goes in for her first round of chemo uh, that, that week of Christmas. And it was probably the hardest the hardest thing to watch. Um, that girl was sick, but I'm going to tell you, she, uh, she's your, she's your typical coach's kid. Hmm. You, I have typical coach's kids actually. And thankfully I'm so thankful for it, but I've got one who's my firstborn, who's perfection, just, you know, everything's got to be perfectionist. Um, and then there was Tatum hmm. and Tatum was your typical coach's kid of just grit and, I don't care. Um, I'm, she's the most, she was the most easygoing child, but when it came to a fight, she was ready to fight. And, uh, and thank God, you know, and, and that's what I tell everybody, you know, we went through months, I mean, nine months of chemotherapy. Uh, they couldn't save her leg. She had her leg amputated um, and was back playing basketball. And then three months after we, we're all cleared. Her cancer comes back in her back and on her spine. And we could do this surgery that just has never even been done before. We're in Houston. Um, she, you know, has lost so much blood. I mean, and the doctor said, he said, she, she almost died on this table. Wow. And uh, he told he said that in front of Tatum, you know, and she's like, well, I didn't, <laughs> you wow. know, like, sorry for you. I did it. But you know, and he told, he came out, I'll never forget this. He came out and he said, he, right before he, he got back and he got her prepared and he came back out and he said, now I want to remind you, you know, she already had her leg, her leg amputated. And he said, I want to remind you that with this surgery, 
that we have to do in order to remove the cancer in her spine again, he said, she probably will never walk again. Wow. And I said, she would say, do it. Mm-hmm. I know she, I mean, that's just her. like, she would say, watch me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we got done and the next, um, appointment, follow-up appointment we had with him, that girl picked up her walker and walked and he's in tears. Everybody's wow. in tears. I mean, it was just, wow. just a miracle. Like mm-hmm. he was a fighter. But he also like the good Lord just, just covered her. Totally wow. just engulfed her, just gave her strength that a lot of adults don't even have, you know, mm, I mean, yes. kids are amazing. Um, unfortunately, we went back in June and uh, I, I just, I couldn't believe it when they told us because she was doing so good, so, so good. She was healthy and she looked good and she was just amazing and her cancer had come back and they just said, there's really nothing else we can do. We can try to find some trials. Um, and of course, every stinking trial that we tried to get in, she didn't apply for or didn't, you know, meet all the criteria. And we, so we just decided, heck, we're just, we're going to live. We're just going to live. And she said it too. She's, and I said, do you want to go back to Houston and get, try to get in a trial or do you want to start school and live your life? And she said, I'm going back to school. Mm. And uh, we started school. She's, she was nine. She was in the fourth grade. She started back to school in about three weeks. Yeah, three weeks later, um, we ended up having to put her on hospice. And she, she fought her little heart out to the very end. And, and then, you know, I just I attribute that, attribute that to so many things. Number one, the good Lord. And we, Travis and I, thankfully, were raised by um, strong Christian families. And we had that foundation. But then when we married, we also had to become our own foundation and have since, you know, passed. uh, Thankfully, our foundation was strong enough that our girls also have that. Um, Because if not, you just can't, you can't get through anything like that. And, you know, November, uh, October 30th, Tatum, Tatum passed away in 2017. So. But she fought so hard for us and finally, you know, we just got just, and that's what I called that doctor. I called one of her really special doctors that was always so special to her about a week after. And he said, you know, we can relate it to sports because it was like we were in overtime and just couldn't get that basket to go through the hoop, you know, for us. That's what he just kept saying. He just said, you know, Shauna, I feel like we did so many things and we just never could knock that ball out of the park. And he was right. And, but you know, I, we say this all the time that we all have a, God gives us a purpose and the ultimate goal and the ultimate reward is heaven. And if we're lucky enough, it's our time here on earth is short, you know, and our reward is heaven. And, and I just, I would seriously believe, I mean, you talk about, be a most amazing support um, because my husband is a coach and because our family, we've been, you know, different communities and the whole, I mean, the whole state of Texas, the whole panhandle, all these, ba- these coaches all coming together, every basketball game we would go play. And whether we were, I was in the hospital with Tatum or, and Travis was going to coach, you know, um, everybody was doing fundraisers or everybody acknowledged 
you know, Travis and Tatum and our family and just took care of us. I mean, I, it was, it's just such a blessing. It's a blessing to live where we live. It's a blessing to be a coach. Uh, I say that a million times, um, you know, because you just, you don't find that support anywhere else. And um, coaches, coaches come together for coaches. You know, once, once you're a coach, you're just, you're one big family. So I firmly believe that. I have, uh, I've done a lot of interviews in my time and I've never gotten so shaken up and so moved. And I just admire you greatly. I, I just, your, your faith, your tenacity, your choose joy today outlook. I mean, it's phenomenal. I just, well, you, you have to, like you, you have to do that. You, you have to go on because Tatum could have easily backed down too. You know what I mean? She could have easily given up a long time ago. And I think if she was to ever, you know, if she could say one thing is, number one, I always say this. I always say, she would just say, Mama, get here. Get here to heaven because it's way worth it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think if she could say something again, she would just say, you know, just have grit, like fight. Keep fighting every day. Don't give up. Don't stop because I'm not there. And that's how we try to to keep moving. We try to just keep going. I mean, and I was telling just my daughter the other day, I said, Shailen, I would love to tell you that losing your sister is the hardest thing you're ever going to have to go through. But I, you know, the good Lord says, he says in the Bible, he says, you know, you're going to go through adversity. And I mean, I'd love to promise you that, but I can't, I can't promise you that we have to, you, you know, and I love this because Travis, this is the way Travis coaches mm. and he, he coaches boys not for a win or for a loss. Now that that's, that's icing, but he coaches because he's trying to make better men, better husbands, better spouses, better people, better employers, better employees, you know, just everything like that. But he also like, he, he made, he mentioned this the other day to me too. And he said, I need to coach these kids to be able to handle if one day that they're told that their child has cancer and how they will handle their ability. They need, they've got to be that. And it's perfect. And I think Tatum would be so proud of that. Hmm. And so that, that, that's what keeps us going. Wow. How's that experience that you've been through? How has this experience just changed you? Or do, or do you feel like it has at all? Oh, yes. Yes. I, I, I'm going to tell you, like, some of the hardest things for me to watch now is just, the the unkind of people and I just feel like we experience so much like people really are good like they really really are I mean we would walk into a restaurant and of course we have a bald-headed one-legged little girl with us and we never ever hardly ever paid for a meal you know people are so really so so good but the, what the media and you know social media want to tell us is that people aren't and people are, and I, we have to keep believing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has changed me the most on, I just, I want to be just that vibrant, you know, yes, I have been through what I hope is the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And I'm, you know what? I'm still okay. Like mm -hmm. I can still, I'm, 
we're all going to be okay because in the end heaven is the reward and that's, right. that's, that's right. i have to live each day like i live each day so that i will have no there will be when i get to that gate and they say well done and i that's exactly what i want them to say you know i don't want to leave anything and it, it's it, it's changed me you know but for the most part i just that's my number one thing. I, I want to leave no doubt that when I get up, when it's time for me to go, that I will be right there and she'll be waiting on me. And um, I look forward to that day. <laughs> wow. I think that so many moms in your position, I haven't been through exactly what you've been through for sure. Um, I have a medically fragile child, but what I've the fear and the um, emotions that I face and have to overcome and what you face and so many moms who've lost their ones here is this wasn't what I expected my life to be like or my child's life to be like, and you can become very bitter. What, how in the world do you fight that, you know, spiral that your brain can go to. This is, wasn't what I thought when I held her, when she was a baby, this wasn't what I had planned for her life or ours. How do you get through that? Often I, somebody says, well, why Tatum? And then I think I'm like, well, why not Tatum? You know, why not her? Like she changed the world. I mean, her Facebook post, uh, you know, and I, and a lot of times I did, but I just was repeating what she was telling me. And that's, uh, that's what I would you know, make her daily post with is like, she, she seriously was, she had no idea she was doing it, but she was so tough and just such a grit with her and so faithful. She was so faithful. She loved her Lord. She, you know, I thankfully have kept so many things that I have found that she would write down. Like Tatum was a player. She loved to play. She loved to play school. She loved playing with her friends. And I find stuff all the time of just Bible verses or um, what she would jot down while we were in church. Like, I love Jesus and I love my sister. And her and Shaylin were so close. I mean, they, they slept together every night. I mean, we had, they each had their own room, but they slept together every single night. Mm. Um, I think that's what, that's what, if I'm bitter about anything, it's that my daughter doesn't have that sister. You know, like she doesn't have her go-to sibling. And you know, we can't, we can't see our future. And of course I decided from the beginning, we had decided we were just going to have two children, girls, boys, it didn't matter, you know? Um, and do I have a little bit of regret about that? Absolutely. But does that replace Tatum? No. You know, would, would an, another child replace her? Absolutely. No. You know, but I, that is one thing. If I am bitter about anything, it's just that, golly, you know, I have two, I have two younger sisters and my daughter just isn't going to get to experience that, you know, just that sister bond. Um, but, you know, she does, thankfully, she adopts all her friends' sisters. <laughs> you know, she, she's, she's going to be fine. And, you know, you never know what the future holds. You never know what will happen. But, um, I, I, you know, if I had to say I was bitter, I guess, some, somewhat, that's what it was, would be, I guess. But. I'm really not, you know, like I said, why not? I mean, she, we got Facebook message after Facebook message of, you know, I have been in such a bad place in my life and wanting to call it quits and considering suicide. And then I read Tatum's post and I think, how can, 
you know, I'm feeling here, sitting here feeling sorry for myself. And this, this girl is battling cancer and she's missing her leg. And yet she's, you know, still going. And we said it from the very beginning, if we could change one life through Tatum's story, it would be worth it. Wow. Wow. I love it. Is that some of the things that you hang on to now that just see in the impact, the messages, some of the ones that you just mentioned are, are those types. Are there anything else that you, that just kind of help you, help you remember? That's a thing. It's, it's, it's been three years and like she still, we have a group, her group of her strong friends and all of them in her class. And they, every few months just do something in Tatum's name, whether that's you know, snack pack for kids, or they collect shoes, or they, we go to the hospital and deliver toys. That was one of the things Tatum loved to do, because she was on, she was in the hospital on Christmas Day, wow. and uh, she remembered that, so the next Christmas, she was actually, she didn't know it, we knew it, but we hadn't told her that her cancer had come back, and that was one of her things, that like she wanted to go deliver toys to the hospital on Christmas Eve because she she was there she knew that and that's just something that we kind of kept up of course of course due to COVID this year we didn't get to do it and her friends but the last you know the last year her her friends have all honored her in so many ways of doing that and it's just amazing it really is I mean kids still put Tatum Tough on their shirts or they you know they still ride it on their wristbands when they're playing and I think it's more of just just the toughness like they want to be reminded of she was stinking tough. You know, she, she would come to school with her prosthetic leg and it would be bothering her that day. And her teacher would send me a picture and say, well, she ditched the leg today and her friends are pushing her around in her wheelchair. You know, I mean, they just fell in love with her and, um, and back, I mean, she loved all them. She took care of every single one of them. I mean, um, but they learned, thankfully they learned so much and they, you know, and that has a lot to do with their parents too. You know, they, they uh, raise them well. So, well, you're one amazing mom and you were talking about your other daughter. Um, I think she has one of the most special and I just can't even put into words what mother that you can be her close friend. I know that when you transition from a raising a child, I'm sure into one in their twenties, I bet you two will be inseparable. Um, well, that's my prayer. But right now she just turned 16 and I tell her that all the time. I say, Shaylin, one of these days we're going to be best friends, but right now I have to be your mom. Yes. I have to be your mom. Yes. <laughs> uh, that has to be hard. Well, I uh, love to ask an experienced coach's wife um, what advice they would give to a first year coach's wife. And wow, do you have some experience in terms of things that you've walked through? Also want to know, what you would say to someone um, in your coach's wife community or someone on the staff going through something, whether it be a sick child or whatever, what, what advice would you give for those women? What should they do? Well, the first thing, of course, would be Jesus as your foundation. Um, but you also have to become one. And as hard as that, I mean, it sounds easy, but it's hard. You know, that first year of coaching is, Normally, you're probably not a head coach. You're an assistant here, an assistant there, and they are blessed. They're gone all the time. And I just say, be that firm foundation, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's taking everything, taking care of kids, taking care of home, you know, you have to become one. 
because sometimes that's all you have. You know, you, it has to be you. It has to be you, both of you. And, um, you know, you know, after a bad loss, there's a lot of people that would like to, you know, chop your husband's head off, you know, and he, all he has is you. And uh, that's what I would say. And then, you know, when you, you go through adversity, of course, your foundation has to be strong, but you still have to take care of one another. You know, I think that, that that's one of the things like um, a lot of the doctors would ask. And I'm like, they're like, well, how are you and your husband? And I'm like, well, that, I don't what do you mean? How are we like, we were concerned about Tatum and they're no, they're like, no, how are you guys? Because something like this breaks up more marriages. And, uh, and I said, we're fine. Cause we're one, we're one team. You know, we have to work together. We have no choice. We are, we are a team together. And I think once, you know, after, you know, you've gotten married and this is your, you know, they're a coach and, you know, sometimes, you know, in small schools, a lot of times it's the husband and the wife are coaches. So that makes it, it's a double whammy, you know, but you have to just rely on each other, um, become, and just become one. And that's, you can't, you know, and stay off of social media, stay off of, you know, your skin has to become thick and it's got to become thick quick. Mm. Um, but as long, you know, as long as it's you, it's you guys, you have each other's back period, no matter what. And yeah, I mean that, and you know, that can be hard, but it's, it's way worth it. (laughs) A lot easier. Solid advice. Uh, Second part to the question. I I just want to know, I mean, what do you recommend? There's a lot of people that are nervous when they have a situation or, you know, you get, you do get flooded uh, with people trying to help and they don't know how to help. What what would you do if you, um, what would you advice would you give to a fellow coach's wife? out there who's you know has someone on their staff going through something be their go-to like um you know unfortunately i've got a sister right now that's going through an awful disease with my knee with my niece and they're actually in minnesota with going through bone marrow transplant and i tell her all the time like let me be your voice you tell me and i will just be your voice if people want to fundraise, they come through me, you know, step up and be the one. Um, because you don't have time. And that's what I've, I've told people a million times. Like we received so much. I really needed somebody just hired somebody just to go through my mail, you know, not hired somebody, but you know, somebody volunteer just because I'm not, my daughter is going, you know, at the time was going through something, uh, you know, life changing and the last thing I'm going to do is take time away from her to write a thank you card or to um, go through mail or to answer, you know, and everybody's so genuine and everybody wants to help. But if, but you kind of have to, you need that middle person. And I think coaches, that's just what we do for each other. You know, I mean, we're that person um, for each other because sometimes, you know, that's all that's sometimes when you move to a new town and that's all you have is your coaching family. And once, and like I've said, you know, once you're in that coaching family, you're always in that coaching family. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of, you have a lot of warriors with you. Yes. So um, that would be my thing is just step up and be the one, just take the, take the relief, just take it all from them, all the other things and let them focus strictly on the problem at hand. Mm, good advice. Um, 
And that was just, that's, I mean, that's my goal for everybody. And that's when we, when we talk to other families, that's what I say. Don't try to do this all yourself. Like let people do it for you. That's why, that's what they're here for. That's what they want to do. Mm. You know, let people help you. And that's hard because I'm kind of, I'm just the one, I want to do it all. You know, I want to do it myself. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's yeah. Now you're the backbone of a highly successful coach. What do you think you've tried to do some of the practical things along the way that has um, helped his career and has really helped your family overcome a lot of this? Right. Well, number one, I pray for him all the time. I pray, but I don't necessarily pray. I mean, wins are great. Losses not so good, but that's, that's not what I pray for. I pray for, I pray for his, the wisdom and his stamina, you know, and I pray for the, the, the lessons that he's coaching and teaching these players that they flourish and they become godly people just and go be better. You know, I want them to go get, be better. And I want him to be, you know, continue to be better. Um, I, I just try to be the calm. Um, we're both pretty high strung, not really high strung, but we're both firstborns. We, we want to be, you know, we're both, I feel like he's a great leader. I feel like we talk a lot about leadership in our family and our home. And uh, sometimes you both can't be the leader. Um, right. So I try to be that one. You know, I try to be the one that's the calm and just to continue the normalcy um, until, you know, but I also like, you know, I try to have dinner cooked or, you know, that's our main thing um, is we will sit down and have dinner together. You know, he's not, you know, not in the college scheme, I think. So, you know, evening, you know, it might be late. And, you know, now I have a 16-year-old. So, uh, but our big deal is we sit down and we talk about the day together. Mm. And I think that that helps a lot because she is just as much interested in her daddy's, you know, like, you know she's bought in. She's, she loves the X's and the O's. And so it's good for them to talk. But it's also good for us. Um, you know, to sit and, and not even sometimes not even talk about basketball. We're talking, you know, other things, but we, but that's important. It's important to sit, have a, have your meal, whether you cook or whether you order out, it doesn't matter. Um, but to sit, have a meal and have just that normalcy. And, you know, if we want to talk basketball, we talk basketball. If not, we talk about, you know, we, we, we talk about the day. It's, mm. That is a neat practical thing that you can do. I started thinking about what's one thing that you're glad you did, you know, with um, teaching your girls through being a um, basketball coach's daughter there, you know, in the fishbowl, your family's in the fishbowl with what you, what's one thing that you glad you have done through this? And, you know, is there something you go, is it the family time that you spend at night? Is that part of it? Absolutely. I, yes, I think that, I think, you know, you know, some of the, you know, a lot of times, if we even have any downtime, we're doing it together. Um, that's just been important. And we, especially now with Tatum gone, we really, we understand the importance of family time. We understand the importance of, it's important to watch, go watch her play. It's important to watch him play. It's, it's important to be invested in what each other is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just never know. I mean, it could be, it could be the end. And, and we've been there. We've done that. We know that, you know, life happens and 
we just, we'll never take another day for granted. On the good days, those big wins, crosstown rival, do you have any traditions after big wins? <laughs> so funny enough, we come home and we watch it again. Do you really? And, uh, oh, yes, yes. We, I love, we love to come home and Shailen, like her friends could go out and she's going to be home. She's going to be home watching it. And we watch it. We, we watch it. Of course, he's watching it for a completely different reason than we are. But Shailen and I watch because we like to like watch how the bench, how the bench reacts and how people in the stands react and just everybody's emotion. And that's the fun part because we miss that part. You know, like we're so in tune to the game that we don't get to see how other people react to those last, you know, that last second shot win or, um, you know, and, and we'll we'll watch it. And that's another thing, you know, if he wants to stay up till two o'clock in the morning, we're going to stay up till two o'clock in the morning. Really? Um, and yes, absolutely. Like, even if it's a Tuesday night game, if he feels like that he wants to come home and watch it, then that's just what we do. Um, I love it. And we just have to suck it up for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are some of the ways you guys try to stay connected? I think I already know there's some good family dinners going on, late nights watching basketball <laughs> games, anything else that you try to fit in? We do. We try to sit, not just necessarily watch basketball all the time. We we come together, like there's a couple of shows on TV that, you know, are appropriate enough for us all three to watch. Um, we, you know, we, we run around together. We, we loved having family over. We love having people over at our house and, and, uh, crazy enough. We watch, we watch, uh, you know, like the voice, we watch stuff like that together, which we also, we always watched that with Tatum. We always made sure, you know, even if we had to just record it, we'll sit down as a family and watch these a few things. So, you know, simple things like that. Um, we, I just feel like right now, you know, with Shailen being 16 and basketball and golf, it's, if we're not chasing her around and all her stuff or, you know, I'm going to basketball games, then we try to spend a lot of time at home. Um, we try not to make ourselves more busy than what we need to be. So that's, that's good advice right there. So what would surprise people to know is the responsibility of a coach's wife in basketball in Texas? Anything that you're like, they have no idea that I do this before every game. You know, funny enough, you know, when you talk about high school sports, these mamas, these mamas do a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, these kids are actually, they're really, they're spoiled rotten to tell you the truth. You know, these moms go out and I'm a mom too. I get it, you know, but they, they have everything that they need. But one of the things like that I try to do um, just to try to help and kind of, you know, push Travis along as, you know, the, the uh, going out and, you know, with doing things together as a team for the community. Mm. And that's important. We, of course, this year haven't got to do hardly anything at all, but, you know, we, we helped deliver, you know, deliver to a, a family, another family fighting cancer, or, you know, we just, we try to, and I, and you know, Travis gets so wrapped up in the season, of course, um, that somebody else has to take over that, or it, it just isn't going to get. It, that's just something that just gets overlooked, and it's important to him. But you know, he's got so much other thing, any you know, other things on his plate that. So I try, we, I try to come up with different things that. Now the team runs whether we do that or not, but that's just kind of one of the things that you know it's important for us to. to you know, number one, to give back, just like everybody gave to our family. But um, number two is, 
it's more than the game, you know, it's bigger than a game of basketball. Mm, love, love, love that. Okay. So when you get downtime, what do you enjoy doing personally? God, you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I, I, if I get downtime and there's nobody here, then like my, my favorite thing to do is turn on music and clean or just, just stay busy. Um, you know, the worst thing, and the worst thing after losing a child to me is the silence. Mm. Um, and I don't want that. I don't want that. And I, I enjoy my time at home, but I can't wait for my family to get home. You know, I don't work on Fridays. And so that's my day. And I, I clean my, I clean my house. I don't, you know, I just, that's, that's kind of how I use my downtime. So that is downtime for me. I know it sounds crazy, but um, I'm, you know, I'm not a big reader. I, I'm not a big TV watcher. Um, so, but if I get down to that, that's what makes me happy is, is just turning some music on, nobody here and cleaning. And, you know, going through when we had our shutdown, you know, <laughs> you know, we're all home right. and, uh, you know, all get, you know, we're all here for months and bless our hearts. You know, <laughs> I love it all of it. But I was needing, like, I needed everybody to leave so that I could just clean my house and it would be, you know, stay clean for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the first week back at school, you know, everybody's back in school. And uh, I had my first Friday off without nobody here and, you know, what, six, seven, eight months. And uh, Travis comes home I was, and I, I look up and I'm like, I said, the first thing I was like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> Why are you here? He's like, I'm just coming out for lunch. And I was like, I know. I just, I, I got so wrapped up and like nobody was going to be here and I was going to get all this done. It was kind of funny, you know, just because I haven't had, I didn't have that all through the shutdown, but. Um, that's hysterical. That's just, I know, crazy. It's kind of crazy, but it worked. I love it. It's just what, it's just what I do. Wow. I wish I would live closer to you. I definitely have some things that, uh. <laughs> Need cleaning over here. So, what would you say are some of the most? Re- what would you say are some of the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife? Well, one of my favorite things is that doorbell ringing and it's ex players just showing up. No text, no call, no anything. That is one of my most favorite things. Or when I see texts coming through, you know, when Tatum was going through cancer, I just it. We heard from nearly every single player, ex player, and that's a lot. I mean, he's. He's been coaching for 25 years. Wow. Um, and it just means so much to you. So my favorite thing and most rewarding thing is that when that doorbell rings and they still think enough of you to come by and visit or they send you a Christmas card or you get that wedding invitation, you know, um, then I think that that's the most, like, I'm like, this is worth it. You know, this is, this is worth it. Mm, so love, love, love. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the last book you've read? Well, I'm not a big reader, but I'm in the process of reading Jesus over everything, and I love it. And so I'm I'm almost there. So, but I am not I'm not a huge reader. I like just quick, um, you know, scripture readings for the day. And um, I've always been if I if I have time to sit down and read a book, I'm so exhausted that I'll fall asleep or something. You know, so. Um, but I'm getting through this one and I love it. Um, and it's been good for me. So that's what, that's what I'm reading right now. 
coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets, what would be printed on that ticket? Oh, you know, we're big country music fans and Christian music. Yeah, so the last concert we went to, actually, Garth Brooks was in Lubbock. And we went to it, just our, our just the two of us with some friends. And then we um, we, we took Tatum and Shaylin, and they love it, too. Like, they love it, the music as, uh, as much as we do. So I'd hope it'd be Garth. I'd go see Garth Brooks every weekend if possible. So oh, He's a good one. Everyone has a few things mm-hmm. that might need replacing around the house. What's the ugliest thing you own? I still have some, like, Tupperware and stuff like you know just things like we got married 19 years ago and it's right. really terrible you know like a blender and stuff like that I'm like yeah, I think after 20 years of marriage you should have another shower you yes, know? <laughs> yes. I've been married for 18 years I'm like this is like the worst looking toaster in the whole world it should be like <laughs> if you could have dinner with someone other than a family member current or from history who would that be I would have dinner with Barbara Bush. Oh. Um, couple of reasons. You know, I mean, your husband's a president, you know, George H. Yeah, H. Bush. Um, and you can you imagine, like, you think being a coach's wife was hard mm-hmm. um, sometimes, being a president's wife. And then, you know, they lost a daughter to cancer. And I just think I'd sit and pick her brain a little bit and you know, that little, I think they lost her when she was real little, three or four. And, you know, how do you go that long without, you know, and I know it's the promise of heaven, but, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I mean, you know, there's a, like, I could go 70 more, you know, 70 years if I'm lucky enough. And I have to go that long without holding or seeing Tatum, but, mm. but, you know, people do it and we do it and you just, you do it. And, you know, 70 years, you know, when you get to heaven, it's, eternal and 70 years is nothing so but that's who I would have dinner with mm. I'd pick her brain you get a night alone what show would you binge watch you know we have if it's just Travis and I like he bless his heart he'll search two hours for a movie that we can both watch because I'm not into like narcos and all that kind of things that he's into but um one thing that we've actually agreed on we've we've been watched Yellowstone and um we actually just actually watched it a few days ago, went through it all again and watched it. So that's one, one, one we can agree on and one we'll do it. What's your go-to <laughs> meal to cook? You know, I love to cook. Um, I, uh, I love like watching the Pioneer Woman. Um, but my go-to meal is, is I'll do, uh, Travis, he can grill a, just a wonderful, wonderful steak. And I love throwing everything at it, you know, um, for sides. So our go-to meal, I'm going to say our together, our go-to meal is steak and uh, potatoes and salads and so all these fun sides to go with it. You sound like our kind of people. Okay. Can you beat yeah. Coach Schulte in a sport? Yeah. You know, asking. Um, <laughs> we, if we play big, I'm going to win. If we do a free throw contest, I'm going to win. The only time he can ever beat me is if he does these crazy tricks and, uh, you know, going to the basket and I, I can't do some of that stuff, but if it's just a shooting contest, I've, I've, I've got him. I've got nice. him. Nice. If you had a superpower, what would that be? I would cure diseases. Mm-hmm. What would be your walk-up song? One of Tatum's favorite songs is your, the fight, you know, the fight song. Um, 
I can't remember who sang it, but she listened to that a lot. And that'd, that'd probably be mine too. I'll take one for her. So. Mm, this has been powerful, Shauna. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing your journey Thank with you. us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was an honor to be on here. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.